Welcome to Talk Commerce, where we explore how merchants, agencies, and developers experience commerce and the communities they work and live in. This week, we interview Danny Fricade with Cream. Danny is the CTO of Cream, a leading Magento agency in the Netherlands. He is also on the Magento Association Board. We discuss his experience around the HUFA theme and how it fits into the Magento ecosystem. We go over some of the tools that merchants can use to constantly evaluate the performance of their website. We talk about how someone can easily get into HUFA and why they should. We finish up the conversation with the Magento Association and some of the future events, big and small. The Talk Commerce podcast is sponsored by Swift Daughter. E-commerce developers solve problems daily. In fact, some of those seem like mountainous hurdles that must be climbed in a matter of hours. Stress levels can go through the roof. No wonder the plague of burnout affects developers too. Ah, but there's a vaccine for that. Investing time in your career will take you farther than you ever imagined. Meet Swift Daughter. Swift Daughter exists to help you become the e-commerce hero that is indispensable and irreplaceable at your company. We do this through Magento Certification Study Materials and Joseph Maxwell's most recent book, The Art of E-Commerce Debugging. Go to swiftotter.com to learn more about how you can quickly climb the ranks in your quest to be a better developer. While you're there, use the coupon code TALKCOMMERCE for 15% off any digital goods at swiftotter.com. Cloud is a new normal for companies of any size. Buying, maintaining, upgrading, and disposing of machines is expensive and complicated. Amazon Web Services, managed by eWay Corp, offers an easy-to-use, flexible, cost-effective solution to all your infrastructure needs. eWay Corp can provide a secure, reliable, scalable, high-performance network that will make your office hum. Not literally. eWay Corp has saved its customers an average of 31% on their IT costs while adding 62% to the bottom line efficiency. To top that, their customers have seen 43% fewer security incidents. Go to eWayCorp.com to learn how you can start saving money and headaches by moving to the cloud. That's E-W-A-Y-C-O-R-P.com. My name is Brent Peterson, and I'm your host. Please remember to subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. And now, Talk Commerce. Welcome to this special episode of Talk Commerce, Talk Commerce, Talk Commerce. Today I have Danny Vertake, and he's going to pronounce, I've already butchered his name, but Danny, introduce yourself, tell us the correct pronunciation of your name. Yes, so in Dutch that would be Danny. uh, Tell us what you do and one of your passions. So in Dutch, that would be uh, Danny Verkade, um, which is also known as a chocolate brand here in the Netherlands. So I do get a lot of uh, uh, comments on that one uh, when I need to spell out my last name. And to be honest, I'm a chocolate freak. So uh, um, you can wake me up anytime to to get one of those bars. Um, Yeah, so um, I'm the chief technology officer at an agency called Cream here in the Netherlands. And we're a Magento agency. Um, and uh, I lead the uh, the development teams here. Great, yeah, thanks, and thanks for coming. Uh, today, we've got a couple topics we're going to cover, but the main topic that we'll jump into today is the HUFA theme, and I see that, uh, I, I know that you've had some experience around it, so 
Uh, why don't you tell us uh, a little bit about what you know about the Hoofa team and some of your experiences? Yeah, so with Magento 2, they announced basically that the Luma theme got deprecated, um, that there, there's no longer any development being done on it. Um, so we started to look at the alternatives at that point, um, which were the PWA, different PWA solutions. Um, so our teams looked at uh, PWA Studio, Vue Storefront, uh, React Storefront, as well as the DAT Falcon product. Um, we also got some a little bit of experience with those uh, products um, by doing R&D as well as some um, some contracting work um, where we uh, did some view storefront uh, stuff. Um, but we were at one point where those solutions didn't really fit us as an agency, um, where we see that with a PWA, you are trying to develop everything again and again for different clients. Whereas we as an agency, we have multiple clients and we want to leverage some components easily between uh, different projects or reuse them. Um, whereas within the PWA ecosystem, that was a little bit more difficult. Um, so we were kind of discussing that internally. And then right at that point, uh, Willem had the uh, Reacticon presentation on, uh, on Huva. Um, me and our uh, front end uh, lead were both looking at that separately and we connected and we're like, hey, this might be something. Let's have a look, let's have a talk and let's have a look what this product is and what it does and uh, how it works. So that's uh, how we got to know Huva and how we got started basically. I think if you look back on it too, that the Hoofa theme is such a simple solution that nobody thought about. And maybe some ideas around why nobody came up with this concept. Is the Luma theme so ingrained that people don't want to change it? Yeah, I, I think if you look at Magento as a product, there are some core components in there which are really powerful. The block structure, the XML stuff, right? And that can be leveraged. But maybe we as a community were so used to a Luma theme, which is slow and, and like not scoring high in Google PageSpeed that nobody looked at how can we optimize it or how can we redo it using those components and make it, uh, make it fun to, uh, to work with those uh, systems again. I know speaking with Yessa um, about the Luma theme, he said that you could spend as much time building a new theme as you would trying to make the Luma theme faster and the Luma theme still wouldn't be fast. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, yeah. But that's basically the, the way that, that the Luma theme and that front-end part being architectured, right? With uh, require AS, um, loading the different components like 300 JavaScript files on a single page request. You can bundle them, but still it's all patchwork. Um, on top of that. So what Willem did is really nice. Just remove everything and start over building up the front end layer by layer. Um, and it has some really nice results. Yeah, and the, I think the ironic part about that is that's exactly what the PWA studio is doing, but it's just doing it in a completely techno different technology. Yes. And you have to deploy it on a different stack. Correct. And like a lot of 
third party vendors which have extensions and business logic that a lot of merchants want to use. Um, you can use that module, but PWA Studio or the PWA solution is not ready for that. So you need to build that business logic again on the PWA side. Whereas, whereas with the Hoover theme, um, obviously some components are not working because it's based on the, 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 the third party extension is based on the Luma theme. Um, but with the help of the community, we're trying to um, make sure that those modules, or at least the most used ones, are compatible with the Hoover team as well. Um, so you see that the Magento community here is really coming together, um, pushing um, um, customizations to make those third-party integrations work with the Hoover team. And basically everybody can leverage that again. Um, I know that John Hughes put a lot of time into the page builder uh, section for Hufa. What is yep. it, if you're a developer, or if you were to say something to, to a developer around having to build out that functionality, um, what, what sort of time or to replace the existing Luma functionality? Is there, a, uh, is there an easy way to, to kind of describe the time that would happen? Uh, well, it depends on the complexity of the module. That that thing is that foremost. Um, I know the team has done a couple of compatibility uh, fixes. I think they either took one or two hours to half a day, something like that in that range, um, which was for a couple of Amasi modules um, where there was no compatibility yet. And do you see, uh, do you see third-party vendors now starting to build out that functionality for Hufa, or is it still too early? Not yet. So we, as an agency, try to push them. Like, hey, are you looking at this? Are you adding compatibility? And I think if if other merchants or agencies will be pushing that to third-party vendors as well, um, hopefully they will notice and like say, hmm, this is something that we need to support and start doing that. Obviously, that makes our life a little bit more easy. Um, yeah, so hopefully uh, they will uh, look at this podcast as well. And then they were like, hey, <laughs> we need to uh, to do this. Yeah, I think so. Tell us a little bit about I don't know if you can name the merchant that you've you've how many you've done a couple of launches on the Hoofa theme. We've done our first uh, launch, which is a uh, for a company uh, selling and renting trailers. Um, so the uh, URL for that one is volbrechtaanhangwagers.nl. Um, maybe put a link in the description below yeah. or something. <laughs> um, um, we hit a page score of uh, 100 for that site, or 99, I think. Um, so it's pretty high up there. Um, and we're currently doing, uh, I think, three different projects as well, which should be launching, I think, if I'm not mistaken, in a week or two, there should be a next one out. So tell us the, I, I'm not sure how much you had on the sales side, but the sort of interaction with, with the customer on, did you have to convince them to go with this? Or is this just like, this is a no brainer, we're going to, let's do this um no it's just what we're offering the customer and to be honest um like there's not one merchant coming to us and saying i need a pwa the merchant is asking for 
I need a fast site because they know that a fast site is converting better. They really don't care about the tech stack underneath that. Um, so it's quite an easy sell, to be honest, I think, yeah. <laughs> uh, especially now that we have some demo work that we can show as well. Like, all right, this is what we're, uh, we're able to offer. Yeah, and I think the exciting part too is that we now, we, so the Magento community, um, or Magento Adobe now competes directly against some of these other platforms that, you know, are advertising less than 500 millisecond load times or less than one second, or one second load time. I recently interviewed um, Michael Turk with Spriker and uh, he laughed when I said a half a second. He said his, his loads in a quarter a second, <laughs> 250 milliseconds. Um... Yeah, but load time is not the only thing that matters, right? It's also like the, the, the feeling of the user when he or she can interact with the site. So um, yeah, there are different components there. So it's a little bit, uh, load time of course is, is, is important, but it's also, it has more layers than just only load time. <laughs> yeah, so I think CLS is a big one now that Google is starting to look at and can you, maybe you could describe what the difference is between the Luma for CLS loading and, and for Haifa, Hufa? Uh, CLS as in the- uh, Content layout shift. Oh, I should talk to my front-end lead on that one. <laughs> That's where, um, yeah, I, the, basically the um, content will shift as it loads. Yeah, yeah. You wanna have as li little as possible. Correct, yeah. Um, I. Ooh, if I remember, we're hitting that pretty well for the for the project that we did. Yeah, so it's 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 better than with the Luma team, uh, where you know that all kinds of components are like appearing and then shifting. Right. Yeah, I, I know that uh, Willem. Uh, this, there there are some new things that have come out recently recently from Google on on page ranking, and it's important that merchants know that these are, these are even more important for their search ranking. Yeah, um, everything have, counts, right? So. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Do you have experience with um, any, other, any other platforms? Or are you Magento only shop? We are a Magento only shop, yeah. So we just moved our last Magento one clients, either off-boarded them or um, put a Magento 2 project in, in, in place. Um, so that's now a, a closed uh, chapter for us. Um, so we can now finally focus full on, on Magento 2. Um, and our philosophy is that you need to be good at what you do. And like with the transition from M1 to M2, there was no other platform that, that could be uh, existing uh, in parallel to those uh, two. Um, there's a learning curve there. Yeah. Are most of your clients in the in the Dutch market? Most of them are. We do have a couple of international clients, uh, Sweden and US. Um, so um, yeah, we uh, do work remotely as well. And what what other platforms do you see them looking at uh, when they come to you? Um, well, I think that depends on the market. In the US, Shopify is pretty big and an obvious choice. If you um, can live with a more out-of-the-box solution and you don't need heavy customizations. 
um, here in Europe, there are a lot of, or there are a few SaaS providers as well, but they're a little bit less known. Um, but one which is gaining traction currently is uh, Shopware, uh, where a lot of, I think also guys from the Magenta community moved over, transitioned over. And you see, do see agencies here in the Netherlands moving from Magento to Shopware as well. Um, so the, whereas basically every agency did Magento at one point, it's now a little bit different in that scale. On the, on the SaaS platforms, I know that uh, you have to, any customizations you have to do in, in Shopify would have to be done in the theme or in, I think they call it liquid is the, programming language and that you do loops and all kinds of stuff in inside of this theming um do you see any possibility that they can they could compete at this level of speed as now we can do with magento the speed of development or the speed of the site the speed of the site the speed of the site well if you strip everything out of there <laughs> it will be fast right <laughs> yeah i suppose yeah. um <laughs> Um, so, so yeah, um, if they have a clean tech stack, you, they could compete on, on speed as well. Um, but you also have speed of development, extensibility, and that's something where Magento really shines, I think, compared to uh, other platforms. And have you seen now this, the, the build that you've launched with Hoofa, that's gone faster than your typical build or, or about um, the same? Yes. Um, because normally when you do a new project with a kind of a new tech stack, you um, incorporate some learning time and learning curve time with the developers in there. Um, but we actually hit it on budget. Um, so that was really nice. Um, yeah, so that was better than expected, for sure. And what are some of the things that you could say to it? to a merchant when they're um, when they're talking about budget and, and time for development that would make them comfortable with going with the Hoofa theme? Yeah, and to circle, circle back to the previous question a little bit. So what we did is we, we had a quite a simple project that we started with. So there were not a lot of third-party integrations, not no complex functionality. Um, so that made the we reduced risk in the project basically to start with um and every week or two weeks we evaluated like all right where are we how is this going is this still looking at a tech stack that we want to use for other clients as well and well we got more comfortable every two weeks after the review and then decided to pitch it to different clients as well um and then your question about speed of merchants. <laughs> um, I asked uh, uh, about, um, no, I think it's around, can, it's, it's around convincing him. Well, I guess it's around how you talk to the merchant around the speed, but I think you've already answered that question. Yeah, so. yeah. So basically <laughs> the, merchants, know, merchants know that speed is important. So that conversation comes up. Um, but like the tech stack we're using or how we're going to accomplish that, that that's another layer level. They trust us as an agency to, um, to give them the best solution that's currently available. Um, yeah, so that's what we're offering. 
And as you're building the solution, do you go through uh, some speed tests to make sure that you're hitting some marks before launch so you don't have to do a lot of post work? Yes, pre-launch as well as post-launch. Um, sometimes right there's a deadline you hit mvp you launch and you know that there are still things that can be changed in order to improve speed or performance um so yeah that, that for with most clients there's a backlog of stuff that we still can uh, can do and we can pick up regularly when the clients has budget again or wants to move forward or whatever um, do you still encounter clients that they're really their only important thing is just features? They don't care about speed? No, it comes up in every conversation, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And even, even um, during a build, but also after, like six months after a launch um, to review again or to see how conversion can be increased by leveraging new technologies that came out, like using WebP instead of JPEG images. Um, right, so you want to keep in touch with those customers and let them know what the latest stuff is and which we can use or implement within their e-commerce platform to make it even faster and better. Um, I think it's ironic that all, okay, I shouldn't say this, a lot of, a lot of customers on Magento were complacent with their speed of their site, or they didn't think about that as they went forward. And I know that we talked a little bit about our 2019 New York marathon experience. And I had to fly to Belgium that night. And so my, my, it was consulting with a client, I won't name the client, but their site loaded in about 10 seconds and they asked me, is this normal? <laughs> I said, 10 seconds isn't quite normal. We can get to four seconds. And they were very happy to try to work yeah. on that. Yeah. Um, and, but, and their site was live. I think that we need to, as a community, really need to start pushing everybody to lower this threshold and stop this complacency around four second load times or whatever, two second load times. It should now be one second. Really, really yes. push it. I would agree. Um, so we as agencies or developers, we always need to do our best in order to make the fastest side possible. But there's also the other side, whereas the customer, where we can create a great project with the Huva theme, like it loads fast. Um, but if the client decides to upload a marketing banner of four megabytes on the homepage, yeah, there will be a drain there. So um, it's, not only on the agency side, but also on the merchant side to take that into account and be aware of things they do, that they do have speed impact. Another example is um, a lot of clients are using Google, Google Tag Manager. Yeah, you can uh, place all kinds of different tags in there for remarketing purposes. Uh, I don't know, I've seen a MailChimp newsletter pop up in there all kinds of stuff. It all degrades the performance. Um, so that's something that merchants have to take into account as well. What, what tools do you advise a merchant to use when they're, when they're just doing their front end evaluations? Uh, you, Google Lighthouse? As in, oh Google yeah, metrics? yeah. Um, Lighthouse, web, web page test.org. Um, 
you can also look at uh, the performance score with a new relic, like with real user measurements. So different tools out there. Um, what's important is that you agree with a client on which tools you use and how to measure them. Um, because else you could come into a discussion like I'm seeing a one and a half second load time and then I'm seeing a one second load time. And there can be a discussion around what the actual load time is. So I would say settle on a particular measurement and, and try to improve that one um, because the different tools out there are measuring differently and the load time is different between those tools as well. Yeah, and those tools also load in different locations. So if you if yep. you choose Virginia, USA one, yeah. versus <laughs> Dublin or London or, or yeah. Amsterdam, your load time is going to be different. And for an international client selling in multiple countries, I guess it makes sense to, to check multiple locations. Um, if you're a US merchant selling to Europe, you want to be sure that your site is fast in Europe as well. Um, so you definitely should check from, from a European standpoint, uh, as well as a US standpoint in that case. And you can see also see the difference in load time between the locations. And do you feel that the, now the Google Lighthouse score is a good benchmark that we could use as our basis on performance testing? We should. Um, those Lightmarks scores change. We've seen previous sites with where we hit a pretty decent score based on the Luma theme, and we see it degraded uh, over time. Um, so it got lower. So Google is changing that as well and constantly optimizing that. Um, so that needs to push us as developers to make sure that we still have high scores in the future as well, even for existing projects that you already delivered. Yeah, and I, I think it's important as a merchant to remember to always ask your agency to be proactive about these speed tests. And a lot of these yeah. APIs or a lot of these testing platforms have APIs that are open and you can either do paid or, or free testing on those APIs and the client could get a re automated report every month uh, yeah. with those speed tests. And, and uh, I know if we have a couple of clients that we will red flag, you know, broad jumps in slowness because of what you said earlier about loading a marketing banner or, hey, we've got a big sale coming up, so we're gonna load three marketing banners and it's got all <laughs> load at once. Yeah, and if you do that regularly, you can always track back what change was made. Is that a change that was pushed by the agency or developers? Is that a change that was made in the content? Um, it's easier to, to track to that particular issue when you do that, I don't know, once a month or once a week, instead of once half a year or once a year, where there might be a, 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 a huge gap between the two performance scores, and then you need to try and figure out what's the root cause of that one. Could you maybe explain why the Hoofa theme is faster or put it in, in the terms of a client and you're trying to explain to them that this is why the Hoofa theme is faster. Uh, don't get too technical, but maybe in a way that everybody could understand easily. Um, yeah, so the Luma theme comes with a lot of overhead and basically that's been, uh, been removed with the, with the Hoofa theme. Um, tech stack built from the ground up. 
um, small. And if you look at the the most uh, the, the biggest performance bottleneck in, with the Luma theme is the JavaScript, um, with the way it's built, with requirements as well as the number of files. So if you remove by removing that and and taking a different approach on that particular part, there was already a huge um, improvement in performance. Uh, do you think it's a fair thing to say that a the difference would be? Uh, that if you were to walk into a real store, you would have to collect every single product in the store and put it in your cart and then figure out which ones you have by putting them all back compared to just going to the products that you want. I'm just trying to make an analogy that a, that a client, yeah, a real <laughs> analogy that the client could understand or a merchant could understand. So I, I know, I, you know, I think I know where we're going here. The, the idea is that we're not loading everything at once. We're loading what we need as it loads, right? Yes. And um, I don't know if you, it's not like you needed to put all the products in your cart, but um, or you maybe needed to be all over the store before you would get to the products. Yeah, yeah. So a better thing would be you have to look at every product in the store before you would buy one product. Yes. Yeah. And do Wait. a quick run through the cash register before you can actually put it in your car because there are some components coming from there as well, which are already loaded. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And it also feels like if you're at the cash register, then... Uh, the cashier still needs to build the register before it could like actually check you out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, I think the, uh, for, for me anyways, the bottom line is that the Hoofa theme has been a little bit of a revolution, uh, but a long time coming for the performance of Magento. Yeah. And um that it also has the ability to build out solutions that are going to be and are already less expensive than what we can do with alternatives. Yeah, yeah. So that's something that we definitely see if we compare to a PWA solution, our time to build, the development efforts. So the, basically the total cost of ownership for the merchant is lower than that we would do a PWA, significantly lower. And I know from, from a PWA, the progressive web app solution that Magento is, is pushing or Adobe is pushing right now. Yeah. The biggest difference from a tech stack is that your tech, technical people, your developers really have to be React developers. You can't just yeah. take a Magento developer and say, do this PWA. Correct. Where in Magento 1, a developer could still do a little bit of back and, and front end that already came clear that in Magento 2, there was a, the separation was more clear. Um, but if we were to go fully PWA, then we need to retrain either our current team to be a React developer, or we need to build a different kind of team um, in order to take on those projects. Um, yeah, being so close to the Magento core with the Hoover theme, so that um, there was some learning curve there um, because, well, the technology is a little bit different. The Tailwind CSS is a little bit different. 
um, than what they're used to, but it was not a really big learning curve. So they could start quit pretty fast with it and understand yeah. it pretty fast. And maybe just one last question uh, from from a developer standpoint, if you're if you have a new developer, not a new person who is to Hufa, not a new Magento developer, but a front end developer, would they have to know any back end um, items to develop or the, to redo the features that existed in Luma for Hufa? They would, or would they just have to do redo the Java uh, JavaScript? Yeah, function? redo the JavaScript basically. Yeah. And well, with, with all the GraphQL calls or API endpoints now available, you can leverage that to fetch the data uh, that you need instead of, you know, sometimes it used to be a REST call or AJAX call or something. So um, yeah, with that documentation, they can, um, um, can fully make a third party uh, extension uh, compatible to your team for sure. Great. So just kind of moving on or changing subjects here. I know that uh, you have been involved with the Magento Association and the Magento community for a long time. You're a Magento master. Um, yes, 2018. So uh, a while back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about how you got involved with, uh, with the Magento Association, or maybe tell us what the Magento Association is and how you got involved. Um, yeah, I think Ben and Brittany uh, started that within Magento to have a separate entity to, um, to leverage the Meet Magento events. Um, and I was invited to be part of a task force to form the first board of the association. Um, we had a lot of discussions about vision, mission, statements um, as well as what kind of programming uh, the association could take on and eventually there were two people from the task force that moved over to the first board to have some continuation in there um, and the board has a three-year term so um, let me see how far are we in i think two years already um, so I guess next year there should be some re-elections uh, going on, if I'm not mistaken. So the <laughs> um, yeah, at that point, uh, a couple of the people of the board will transition off, and uh, new ones will uh, will on board at that point. Um, so the Magento Association is is there to represent the Magento community. Would you? Would you? Yeah. 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 And, it's, um, and, and, and all the, and that means everyone within the community. So we're talking developers, agencies, merchants, um, as well as third party vendors, everything that has something to do with Magento, um, the association should re uh, represent. Yeah, no, it should it should be more than just meet Magentos now. And I know that in yeah. I'm on the membership committee, so we are looking for ways to get more people to join. Um, and have great member benefits, right? <laughs> absolutely, yes. So what would be One your- One drives the other, I guess. <laughs> uh, what would be your pitch to a merchant right now? Why would a merchant need to join or want to join the Magento Association? Well, I, I think it's important for the association to, to, um, 
to actually be able to represent the whole community. So the more members we have, the better we could represent that community because we can talk as that community as a whole to Adobe, to other uh, participants within the community as well. Um, so that's why it's important to join. We also have some great programming uh, happening and coming up. Um, later this year, there will be a podcast of a couple of episodes. Um, that one is currently being created. We have some um, training and webinars sessions coming up. Um, where the first one is a little bit more uh, developer focused um, to to learn more about how you could um, gain your Adobe Magento 2 certification. Um, but there's a, a couple of webinars coming there as well. Um, what else? Training, podcast. Um, yeah, obviously there are going to be more in-person events again with COVID hopefully slowing a little bit more down so we support those Meet Magento events as well as do another Magento Connect in the date I think is in October um, and that has just been uh, set firm on the calendar so that should be announced soon as well um, so there will be another virtual Magento Connect event yeah and i know one thing from from the events standpoint um one thing that i've been pushing for is the more more inclusive events that aren't geared towards big venues and and a big budget and including places that haven't had an event so for example there hasn't been a meet magento in africa and part of the reason yeah. is there's nobody to do the event and then the expectation in the past of the events were you have to pay $5,000 and that's it. And you yeah. should be getting 400 people at your event. And if you haven't done that, you know, the idea is that you, you haven't failed, but you haven't made what the event should be. Yeah. I think you touched an interesting point there. So Africa is definitely an underserved market. Um, we do not have a lot of visibility there on how big the community is. Is there even a community who's in there, who's participating? Um, so yeah, that's, that's definitely an interesting place, um, because we know there are Magento developers there, but they're not really organized at this point, I think. So, um, hopefully that will gain traction as well. And, uh, um, we can be a diverse group worldwide where everybody's being, being represented by the uh, Magento Association. Yeah. And, and I'm under, I believe there should be sort of a middle size event or, or a, a, an event that is not, it's not a Magento meetup. It's a Magento association event or a sanctioned event, or, or we'd have some kind of a, we'd have a framework around the event, but it, there's no expectation on, on members or, or, or attendance. It could be 50 people. Yeah. Yeah. Not like it's a meetup just, where you got like a get together of five to 10 people, maybe 20. And like a new yeah. Magento events is uh, a couple of hundred, I guess, normally. So something uh, between 50 and uh, uh, 200. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could be free Planning too. Yeah, you know, yeah. that we're just, it is, there has to be a point in which you make the community, you make everybody aware of the community. Yeah. And if you expect that the, to start an event and everybody is aware, that can't happen. I also believe and there has to be some kind of seeding of that event. So somebody from 
somebody from the Magento Association has to help seed someplace. And if that person helps to organize that event in that far off location, I think that should also be okay. Yeah. Um, especially in those areas where we don't have any representation. Um, we do have a DNI committee, so they could look in that, into that as well to make sure that we are able to reach those, those areas and those people. Um, yeah, that could be an interesting point. Yeah, and I, you know, part of this too is, is just around, if you were to, part of this is having the vision to organize the event and doing the event and doing in all of that helps to create awareness around the event, even if your attendance is low. Yeah. I think people need to recognize that doing it is, organizing it is far harder than actually doing the event that day. All the prep work and months of planning yeah. and advertising and all those things are much more difficult than it is to actually put the event on in that day. Yeah, I think events have always been the cornerstone of the Magento community. Um, so I, I personally have to think that's been taken from us right now. <laughs> um, even though with virtual events, it just feels differently. And to be honest, I, I really would like to, uh, uh, to have a get together again with, uh, with people from the community and, and touch base on, uh, on everything that's going on in the world. Yeah, I had the pleasure of going to, I've only been to one Meet Magento in Netherlands event, but it was very, it was very fun. And uh, it was a, a really good experience. And I don't think you can get that experience online. No, unfortunately not. Even though, even with, with the hopping platform where you can do some network, it, it just feels differently than, than an in-person event. Um, I guess that that's never going to be replaced. However, um, I did read an article about the Adobe Summit, and they are not really clear if that will be an in-person event next year. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing for us is that we want to put on the big damn run. And we need to... I would like to, I would like to do a run again. Yeah, I can't do any more virtual marathons. <laughs> I'm tired You've of You've got those. the picture behind you. It, like a truly amazing community uh, event, right? So that's, that, yeah, pretty awesome. Yeah, I think that you could say the Magento community from a developer standpoint is the best community in the world. Yes, true. Yeah. I'm sure people um, from Drupal or WordPress would argue with that, but uh, the best e-commerce community in the world. We are <laughs> the best. We are the best yeah. community in the world, hands yeah. down. How's that? And 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 that's always been the strong point. Whereas from the merchant sites, I guess it's always been a little bit difficult to reach them. And um, they're really busy with their business whereas if they would join the community as well i think there would be a lot of benefits for them if they talk to other merchants get to know other merchants you know like you don't have to be a competitor to exchange ideas on what's working what's not working or where you're at um, with different things um, you can benefit each other um, so yeah that that's one point where um, the Magento Association is really trying to push forward uh, to make sure that we reach those merchants as well. So that's why recently they came, there was a position free because somebody stepped down on the board. Um, so we, uh, we invited another merchant to be on the board to drive that effort. 
and truly make sure that those merchants are joining and will be represented by the Magento Association as well. Yeah, and that brings up a good point too. Joining all, if if anything from joining, you would get the newsletter, which has relevant topics and the blog and everything that has relevant top topics to everybody's store. Yeah. Or, or storefront or whatever. Um, great. So we have about uh, five, 10 minutes left here. Um, uh, what, what, what are you reading or what podcasts are you listening to, to keep you up to speed on technology nowadays? Oh, uh, I like to read TechCrunch a lot, to be honest. So not really only e-commerce focused, but a little bit broader. So what, like, what's going on in the marketplace and what's what's happening? What um, might be interesting technologies that could trickle down to e-commerce eventually and uh, and make its way there. Um, so that's my favorite to go-to place, uh, to be honest. And we'll put all the we'll put all these links in the show notes after, so people don't have to <laughs> back up and try to listen. Um, if you had an opportunity to tell a merchant, or if, if if somebody asks you what's what what kind of advice could you give them on their store, or what is there a little nugget that you would say to people right now? What would you tell a merchant? Um, what I would tell a merchant right now. If you are considering a PWA, be sure to look at the Hoofa team as well uh, and make a good comparison with the two. Um, both have benefits and disadvantages. Um, and I feel like the Hoofa one would be more geared towards uh, medium type of businesses, whereas a PWA could work really well for more high-end and enterprise uh, merchants. Yeah, and I, I think it's important too that merchants understand that there are different deployment models and different yeah. tech stacks for each of those. Um, and what's and involved that... and what's, what will be the total cost of ownership? Um, because if you do the, the PWA one, well, you need a Magento infrastructure as well as uh, the infrastructure to run Node.js, for instance, if you're gonna go for React Storefront. Um, um, whereas the Hoover one is just one out of the box solution. Yeah, I, I did do an interview with Vinay Kopp uh, about Hoofa versus uh, versus PWA, and you can imagine his um, his opinion on PWA. <laughs> um, it, it, do you see a, a gap in features that you can't get on the Hoofa theme that you can get in the PWA? Currently, not really, because a PWA is not really a different tech stack. It's just a couple of tech components back together um, and, and bundled in a new naming basically. Um, so if, if you want to have an, an app that could be installed locally, that can be done with Hoover as well. Um, so it's, it's, it's pretty close um, to each other. It's just, it's just a different tech stack and a different approach. But the experience from the merchant could be identical or yes. very similar, at least. Yeah. 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 Uh, great. So um, at the end of the show here, I always like to give somebody a opportunity to do a shameless plug of whatever you'd like <laughs> to do. So go ahead and tell us uh, anything you'd like to plug. Well, uh, I think we discussed a lot about the Magento Association and that we need to represent the, the, the whole Magento community. So uh, I encourage everybody to go to 
magentoassociation.org and sign up and be a member um, so that we uh, have a big and good community base that we can uh, leverage against uh, uh, talking to different partners and, uh, and Adobe. Yeah, and I, I will just continue with that as I am on the membership committee. Um, there is lots of great value that you get about get out of only just being a member, uh, regardless of discounts or whatever could be coming out in the future. Uh, there is good, good value. There is great value. There is fantastic value in, in getting the content that's being generated by the community. So I, I just want to stress that the Magento Association is something that is run by the community. Uh, there are very few paid people. There's an administration organization behind it that that does get paid, no. but the members on the committee were all volunteers and we all volunteer our time to help make this a better community. Um, and merchants can benefit from that, knowing that people aren't there to try to sell them something other than buying into the community, which is completely free. Yes, and that's why we want to drive the community forward. Yep. So my my little plug at the end here is that I'm trying to organize a unconference in Orlando, Florida, in January of 2022. I would like to wrap Sounds it like around. The perfect location. <laughs> yeah. If anybody doesn't know, Orlando, Florida is the location of Disney World, and Disney World is a theme park. Uh, so we are shooting for right now for January 21st, 2022. And I, I like the format of Unconference where we can invite as many different types of people to it and people can put up topics. And I think it would be fantastic and fun if merchants would attend and we would have, instead of just a hackathon, we would have a solution-a-thon where merchants could come with real life things they need to get done. And we could get as many of those things at least solutioned for that merchant in you know one or two days or how much ever time we take and then we can have a weekend of spending at disney world or universal themed or epcot center or any of the other places uh enough parks there right <laughs> yeah uh, yeah and, and, and to be and honest an unconference is a great concept i've been to one here in the netherlands and um um people really put up valuable topics and discussions were going on so it's a little bit less strict than a regular conference, but uh, um, yeah, I got a lot of value out of it. Yeah, and just so the listeners know, the unconference concept is you don't have pre-packaged speaker slots. You have, you have people that show up and they put up topics that they would like to present at the conference, and then the community votes on those topics, and then those topics get done over a period of time or get presented over a period of time. And it is, a, I think it's a great concept and it offers, it offers merchants to attend and get real-time feedback on a topic they may, they, they would like to know about. And, and it also gives the opportunity to do side, I know we had uh, hallway conversations and things like that. So if, if topics didn't get voted on, uh, there was a, there, there was a, a hall, hallway conversation setting where if there's only two people that are interested in the topic, they could go talk about the topic. If there's, yeah. you know, if there's a whole bunch of people, then <laughs> we all go to a room and listen to the presentation. 
cool. And people do. I know. I know. At the time, uh, Vinay did closure. He's very big into into the into the programming language closure. And I watched his presentation on clover closure and he had a he had a whole presentation all done up so you know you go into this hoping your presentation gets chosen you may not get chosen but most of them that do get chosen have a, have something that's already prepared so it's not just hey i want to present on javascript <laughs> and then not have anything to present it it's it is it is well done so great well uh Dan january 2022 Orlando January of 2022, <laughs> correct. In Disney World, spread the news. Spread Sounds it to the good. Magento Association. We should make some kind of unconference Magento Association type event. And it will be, it's not going to be like 400 people. It's probably going to be limited to like 150. Otherwise, the unconference doesn't make, it doesn't work very well with too many people. No. No. Uh, all right. So, Danny, thank you for being here. Danny, Vertaki. <laughs> Thank CTO. you for having me. <laughs> yes, is the CTO of Cream, a, a, a Dutch-based uh, Magento shop. Correct. Good to have you. Thank you. Thank you very much. The Talk Commerce podcast is sponsored by Swift Daughter. E-commerce developers solve problems daily. In fact, some of those seem like mountainous hurdles that must be climbed in a matter of hours. Stress levels can go through the roof. No wonder the plague of burnout affects developers too. Ah, but there's a vaccine for that. Investing time in your career will take you farther than you ever imagined. Meet Swift Daughter. Swift Daughter exists to help you become the e-commerce hero that is indispensable and irreplaceable at your company. We do this through Magento Certification Study Materials and Joseph Maxwell's most recent book, the Art of E-Commerce Debugging. Go to swiftotter.com to learn more about how you can quickly climb the ranks in your quest to be a better developer. While you're there, use the coupon code TALKCOMMERCE for 15% off any digital goods at swiftotter.com. Cloud is the new normal for companies of any size. Buying, maintaining, upgrading, and disposing of machines is expensive and complicated. Amazon Web Services, managed by eWay Corp, offers an easy-to-use, flexible, cost-effective solution to all your infrastructure needs. eWay Corp can provide a secure, reliable, scalable, high-performance network that will make your office hum, not literally. eWay Corp has saved its customers an average of 31% on their IT costs while adding 62% to the bottom-line efficiency. To top that, their customers have seen 43% fewer security incidents. Go to eWayCorp.com to learn how you can start saving money and headaches by moving to the cloud. That's E-W-A-Y-C-O-R-P.com. Thank you again for listening. My name is Brent Peterson, and it has been my pleasure to be your host today. Please rate and subscribe to Talk Commerce. New shows out every week.